We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Okay, so welcome back to part two of episode 143. We had to stop, and now we're back. Same people, <laughs> but first, before we start talking about the next chapter, we do have some, like, drama drama to talk about. <laughs> so there was an Instagram post that was sent to me by 11 different people, so thank you to all those people. Oh, sending it wow. oh yeah, when stuff happens on with Marissa Meyer and it's on Instagram, I get all kinds of messages. So this one was sent to me by 11 different people. So big thank you for uh, reaching out to me. This is, I'm not going to give the person's name. You can look for it yourself if you want to, but I don't want to call anybody out by name. Okay. But they posted a review um, and I was asked to give my educated opinion. I don't know how educated I am, but I will definitely give my opinion. If you disagree with it, you can always email me, princekaithampot at gmail.com. But the main takeaway from the review is that Scarlet and Wolf have a toxic relationship where Wolf lies to her and um, does not, I'm trying to figure out how to like concise what this says, but basically Wolf lies to Scarlet, which we've seen, right? Um, And that they don't, the person who wrote this review Uh, what I see as the problem is it doesn't really matter what he does to her. She'll always forgive him no matter what. Scarlet is a very stubborn character. So why is she so quick to forgive Wolf, but no one else? It seems out of character to forgive him so quickly for what he did. The toxicity is in the lying, even though it isn't healthy, but it's the attitude that it's okay to do so. Also, the kiss and forget is a major turnoff. I like the way that Kai kind of pushes himself away from Cinder and is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that means wrestling with the fact that she lied to him and kept secrets. So I have quite a few takeaways from this. I did message the person, like I commented on their post and stuff, and we do just have a general um we just have different opinions on the text. I think for me, I don't think a lot of this is supported within the text. Yeah, uh, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, books are open to interpretation. All forms of art are open to interpretation. So we are all going to have different experiences when reading about these characters and, and experiencing their stories together. For me personally, number one, every relationship is going to have lies of some kind. Think about the easiest lie everyone says every single day. I'm fine. I'm okay. I just think it's interesting because she does talk about Cinder and Kai's relationship, which also Mm -hmm. started with a crap ton of lies. Like, so many lies. So why is it considered not toxic in that instance, and it's okay that Kai can forgive Cinder but it's not okay and it's considered toxic in the case of Scarlet and Wolf. Especially because just I and I and I guess this is also, yeah, just books and texts are, are left up to people's individual interpretations. Right. But where I don't see where she sees that they think lying's okay. 
this attitude that, that you mentioned that the attitude that, that they think that lying's fine. Like it's okay to lie. Yeah. I'm not given that. I mean, Scarlett I was pretty that. upset when she found out that he had tricked her. But it was also, he overcomes it and then helps her anyway and like apologizes. So right. I, no it's different just, than what happens with Cinder and Kai. Yes. Onto this topic. Yeah, I think a big thing that, like, I feel about it is that it's, like, one, this is a very different world and different situation. And, like, Mm -hmm. especially, like, with Wolf's background, like, it's just a totally different scenario than, like, Cinder and Kai's relationship even. Like, it's, like, such a thing that I'm, like, you can't, it's comparing apples and oranges, to, like, try right, to just because the they're both fruit and they're both circles doesn't mean they have anything else in common. Yeah, I'm like, you can't right. compare the two. There's just, they're going through such different things. And, like, it's one thing when you've been brainwashed and raised to, like, kill. And you're like, you Gaslight can't. Gaslight your whole life. Yeah, I'm like, you, you can't. can't. Be like, yeah, it's such a toxic relationship. And you're like, no, this man has PTSD. Like, come on. I my husband mentioned that so my husband is in the United States Air Force and that was his immediate response was what about people with PTSD because that's the type of um, triggers that they have in their lives as as military spouses we are constantly um, fed information of like what to avoid when someone's deployed how to uh, how to talk to them when they're under stress and things like that because we we as their spouse are supposed to be. Um, partners to them, no matter the situation or the circumstance. So it's up to us to sometimes look for those um, symptoms and clues that someone might not be having, that someone might not be doing well mentally. Uh, And for Mm -hmm. me, I've always thought of Wolf as like a good sort of mirror to PTSD and what it's like to, to live through that and what it's like to try to come back from that. Yeah. So I, I, when I read the comment, I was like, oh, sorry, that's my dog squeaky. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, when I read the comment, I was just like, this is just totally different. Like, it, it felt mm-hmm. like not a very, like, real world view on the thing. Like, yeah, I'm like, and if the, you the wanna, person if who you posted wanna... this, I think, according to their profile, it looks like they're 14 or 15 years old. So and that they do have, out. yeah, I mean, there are some things that you, not that young people can't know things or understand things. That's not a fair set assessment to make. No, but. Um, but there is a possibility that having only been on the planet for 15 years, you might have a different interpretation. Now, that being said, the target audience of this book is 15 to 20. So, That's you know, true. maybe they have a point in sharing that opinion. And I think it's also, like, I'm sure being in a relationship versus not being in a relationship can also yeah. totally skew the way that you view it. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's hard to... And, like, again, it's, like we mentioned, it's all fiction. It's all writing. It's all... As much as maybe the author had one way they were, you know, one thing in mind when they were writing it, everything's up for interpretation. You know, 100%. like, we... 
we analyze these books in English classes and everyone has like different That's thoughts. That's what this podcast is. This podcast is yeah. basically, an, this is basically an English class for Marissa's books. Exactly. So it's hard to say that this person is necessarily wrong or right, mm-hmm. just because, I mean, every piece of fiction is put out into the world and is left there for people to interpret and see the way that they see it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard for us to be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anybody is wrong, but I definitely disagree. Um, yeah. I did put this out to my Patreon team, um, who they had a lot of really important feedback. One thing for sure I want to mention um, is Sarah especially mentioned that the key here is that Wolf wasn't lying to Scarlet, his alpha, the woman he loves. Wolf was lying to an assignment, which is how it changed so abruptly during the course of their travels from one city to the other. Mm -hmm. which is why it was so hard for him when he got there because he had now developed feelings for this person that he was supposed to be treating like an assignment hence why he essentially you know put himself at risk to save her to help her escape uh even going as far as to killing his own brother to defend her life which again i'm not saying that's not toxic obviously murder is pretty bad but we're talking about a very specific scenario. So um, my other problem is the forgiveness thing. I'm not sure we're given any indication throughout this series at all that Scarlet is an unforgiving person. Um, and I think that forgiveness extends to Wolf. She forgives all. I, I've seen her throughout this series forgive several instances with her grandmother, with Wolf, with Cinder. Um, and so I don't with winter for Jason of, of all people. Um, and so I don't think it's fair to say that she only forgives Wolf. Also, this person has only read up until the end of Scarlet. And I don't think Scarlet ends with us giving the, the impression that she did forgive him. All we got was that he, that she brought him onto the spaceship. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I definitely think you got to keep reading. Uh huh. And that's what I said. I said I'd be interested to know what their opinion was once they read more of the series, especially going into Cress, um, where, you know, it's very difficult for the two of them to connect because she constantly looks at him and sees her grandmother. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to point out, if it's okay to just keep rambling about this, um, (laughs) I think there's a misunderstanding. I think within the reading community, we've become sort of... um, Um, hyper-focused on recognizing toxic relationships, which is very important. Twilight raised a whole generation, myself included, (laughs) and we had no idea, okay? It's very important to look for those toxic symptoms. Yeah, but this Um, is not Edward and Bella. No, and I I do think that, like, there's, because because we're so hyper-focused on that toxicity, we sort of assume that for a relationship to be a healthy relationship, it has to have a level of perfection, and that is never going to be the case, even Mm. if it's not, like, a romantic relationship. Uh, Professional relationships, friendships, mother to parent, or mother to child, siblings, All of those relationships are going to be healthy to their own level, but they will never be perfect. That does not exist. And if you keep chasing it, everything is going to seem toxic. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that with, like, a lot of stuff that I've seen both on, like, with, like, on Instagram or TikTok, Mm -hmm. on YouTube, like, with um, this generation that is, like, kind of coming of age right about now, Mm -hmm. I feel like they are, they're, like, almost 
going too in depth about everything and like expecting like their expectations are so high and i'm like i'm not saying to like lower your expectations through the floor like that's not no, what but we do is, have to try to but, find a level of realism to contribute yeah, I'm like, you to can't, it. Realistic you expectations. Wait yeah. for Prince Charming, like this perfect. And people aren't perfect. People are still going to mess up and make mistakes. And, mm-hmm. and well, like and, we said, if the main purpose yeah. of this is lying, everybody lies. I don't care how perfect you are. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, think back to the last time that you were having a bad day but you either didn't want to talk about it or didn't feel comfortable talking about it. And someone said, how are you doing? And you said, fine. It's your right to lie. It's 100% your right to, to lie if you feel like you need to. But pretending that lying doesn't exist is not helping anybody. We all lie, whether it's for a good reason or a bad reason, or maybe just we like lying and it's fun. Whatever the reason, we all lie. So to put so much dependency on you know, if a relationship is healthy, it can't have any imperfections, I think is just kind of dangerous future for, for future relationships that everyone is going to have. Yeah. Yeah. And even outside of romantic relationships, mm-hmm. think of, you know, the friends and just the friendships that you've forgiven and have, you know, remained friends with when they've lied because it's just something that happens for different I mean, reasons. And and like I said, there are a million different reasons to lie. And they all belong to the person telling the lie. Maybe you're protecting a friend. Maybe you're protecting yourself. Maybe you you just want to pretend you're British, so you walk around with a fake accent. I did that all the time <laughs> as a kid. When my sisters and I were kids, we would go to the mall, we would pick an accent, and we would just walk around and wait to see if anybody noticed. It's probably not appropriate behavior for seven-year-olds, but you know what? We were left unsupervised, so what are you going to (laughs) do? I don't necessarily think lying is a bad thing in terms of the context. Obviously, we're all taught, like, lies are bad, don't lie, but lies have a purpose, just like truths do, and if you're having a bad day and you don't want to share that with anyone, that is your right, and you have the right to tell someone I'm fine, even if you're not. And if you can wrap your brain around this tiny little lie of saying I'm fine when you're not, then you might have a better understanding of how easy it is for that to become something like a much bigger lie. And I think in this case, Wolf lied. I don't want to give him credit and say like he lied because of this, so it's better, right? But he lied doing what he was taught to do, doing what he was conditioned to do. Um, like we talked about before with soldiers well, yeah, and PTSD. Yeah, he was doing his job, essentially. Right. He's doing what he was trained to do. Not to, like, point fingers, but comparing them to to Cinder and Kai, who this person said had a healthy relationship, Cinder lied from the very beginning and went out of her way to hide the fact that she was cyborg, to hide the fact that she was lunar later on when she found that out all the way up until the point that even at the ball, Kai didn't know that she was lunar or cyborg until she said it in front of him and the entire world. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. a much bigger lie. And she did that for her own self-preservation. Now I'm not judging Cinder in the slightest. No, yeah, I'm not. Definitely not. She was I in a very tough situation. Thing. I totally respect why she made her decisions, but to claim that their relationship is healthy while Wolf and Scarlet's is not based on the simplification of lying, I don't think is an equal comparison. Yeah, 
I think that yeah. about and I also it? it's like you said like there's a lot more book not to mention a lot more like going on after the books that we necessarily don't see like I don't think that it's and I think that this is something that Marissa Meyer kind of implies at the end of the series is it's like it's not like it's and they all lived happily ever after without like ever addressing their issues or without right. ever like it's dealing not like, with some of this right stuff. it's not like, like everything in... is tied up in a bow and and it's perfect from then on out the real life doesn't work yeah. that way like they're in wartime right now obviously like falling in love in wartime is crazy like there's so much going on like obviously they're gonna have to work through some issues mm -hmm. like Scarlet's gonna have to work through some stuff. Wolf's gonna have to work through some stuff. But, like, now isn't necessarily the best time for them to do that. And so they're just trying to hold on to each other through this craziness. And then, like, when things calm down, then they can deal with all the rest of it. I completely agree. And I also want to point out that if you're listening and you agree with this person, feel free to message me. We can 100% have different opinions on the text and still talk to each other about it. It does not have to be a bad thing. I think that that's one of the benefits of doing a podcast like this is getting to see everybody else's opinions and talk about them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And getting to see, because also, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm 32 um, and I've been in a relationship with my husband for over a decade. So I'm going to have a very different opinion than, than someone who's young and inexperienced um, or even someone who, you know, my mom's on her third marriage. I'm sure she has all kinds of different opinions about this than I would, <laughs> right? So I don't want to by any means say that somebody else's interpretation is wrong because it's not. Everybody's interpretation is their own. Um, I just want to say that I, per I personally don't think that their relationship is toxic. And I don't think that that... I don't think that that accusation is supported within the text of this series. Now, if you have that interpretation after reading this series, that is 100% yours. It belongs to you. I will never take it away. Um, but I do not agree with it. Did I say that right? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, I think that's like, yeah, the that nicest good. way to say nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, I think that's it. I just wanted to address that really quick. I will also say thank you to the people who who sent that to me. I think I was able to get ahead of it pretty quickly. I know that my comments stopped other people from commenting. I would also like to mm. say Instagram might be like on your phone, but it is a real person on the other end. So if yes. you disagree with somebody's post, try to be respectful about it when you message them or comment on it. And remember yeah. that that is a real human being who is reading what you're writing and that it's okay if they have a different interpretation than what you do. It's not harmful to have a different interpretation, um, but it is harmful if you bully them in the process of disagreeing with them. So, you know, just because you don't agree with somebody else's opinions, try to remember that they are a person and they are allowed to the, have those feelings. And, and just try to be polite about it because we can have these conversations where we're kind to one another, even while we're discussing different opinions, we don't have to be rude and we don't have to be mean. Yep. Yeah. I get really frustrated when people like, when I see like a post and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause my brain is like, let's talk this out. I'm really curious where you got this from. And then I read comments that are just like so aggressive to the person who posted and it just, it really, it, it bums me out because like, I, I'm old, right? Remember we talked about how old I am. 
I grew up with like AOL Instant Messenger. If you didn't want to talk to somebody, you just didn't talk to somebody. The kind of cyberbullying that takes place now (laughs) is insane. Yeah, it definitely like I think keeps a lot of people from commenting, keeps a lot of people out Uh of the conversation. Like I definitely don't comment. 99% 99% of the time just because I'm like I don't want to open that door <laughs> or you start commenting and then you're like backspace 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 yeah <laughs> I'm like never mind never mind it's like no how do I get that back yeah I I just feel like I feel like we've gotten to a point in certain societies where it's difficult to have different opinions and and have these discussions that like need to be had in like a, right. a calm not critical way. Absolutely. And I think it's important to allow for those conversations, especially if you're young, right? Because like, if you're young, you don't want to start off life being conditioned that you can't have an opinion or that you can't talk about your opinion without, Mm. without concern about rebuttal or, or or aggression or something like that. We should just be able to talk about it, you know? Especially when you like go into their bios and things. And I do think that the person who um, we discovered that the person who posted that review was like 14 or 15 years old uh-huh. or something. Yeah. And and so the people that commented rude things, you're commenting to a child, just yeah. so you know. Yeah. that's Imagine a child in front of you. Like, imagine walking into a library and yelling at a child because they read a book differently than you. Come on. You guys, yeah. come on. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're better. I hate that the truth. Oh, I know. <laughs> But I did, I did want to address that. I did get a lot of messages about it. I'm very sorry to the poster if anybody um, did or said anything rude. They don't deserve that. We all get to have our own opinions. I just wanted to share mine. Um, and if you have mm-hmm. a different opinion, email me. You guys know this. Say anything you want. We'll talk about it. I don't care. Um, pers- personally, <laughs> if we're going to go down the rabbit hole of toxic relationships, I think the main toxic relationship in this entire series would be Lavana and Everett. And I don't think that that's arguable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it, yeah. Wait till that person gets to, to reading Ferris, they're going to be like, man, Wolf and Scarlet. That wasn't so bad. Really? Yeah. That's the whole, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. So anyways, moving on, we did chapter 41. We were supposed to do chapter 42. But we got very long-winded. So now we're going to do chapter 42. We are in Cinder's perspective. It's right after she and Wolf were arrested. This is so interesting to me because I remember when I first read this book, I was like, wait, she got arrested already? Yeah. Like the revolution has been in full force for like a day and a half. And she's already arrested? Yeah, it didn't. it didn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> it felt very realistic though, right? Like reading the book, it's like, you would you would assume that she would just like evade capture for like the rest of the book, but no, she's like a ca- lot of other books, right? Like she's <laughs> captured almost immediately. But it's not. I don't know. Like it was one of those things where, like, I was real. I was with the the others. Like when I was with like Scarlet, and then when when she was like, we have to do something, and they were like. No. Do what? We are super <laughs> outnumbered here. Yep. And won't it, it won't do any good. And basically Cinder's own guilt. I don't know. I think I think she's gotta learn. And obviously, like she's still learning. Um, even though this is the fourth book, like she's still <laughs> learning. 
think um, it's hard. It's it's hard to to wrap your brain around the concept of the few versus the many or the greater mm-hmm. good or whatever you want to call it, which obviously like if you've read Harry Potter, I'm not saying that Grindelwald was great. Okay, you guys, but the greater good, the few versus the many is a very common. It's like a complex philosophical question that like whole college courses will discuss. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, cause think about, think about what Jason went through a few chapters ago where Lavana gave him the option. Like you don't have to kill the woman you love. Instead, you could just kill your parents and these three children. Yeah. yeah. Way Obviously, better. we don't want him to kill Winter, but, like, think about your own self. If you were given the option, kill one person or five, and there was literally no other option, I mean, what would you do? Right? It's the trolley mm-hmm. problem. The what? <laughs> the trolley problem. I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Educate me. The trolley problem, it's where you are, like, a train is hurtling down a track, and it's hurtling, and it's going to hit one guy on a track, and you have the bar to change it, but if you change it, it'll hit five people on the other track. Oh. What do you do? And then they, they go, through different, they go through different scenarios where it's like, yeah. okay, what if it was five people you didn't know, but the one person you did know? Uh-huh. Yeah. What if can, like, it was like and there's like all these different like scenarios? That. What if it was a child versus five like elderly people? Yep. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like does that affect it? I always think back to um there's a movie called iRobot from a few years ago with Will Smith. And mm-hmm. there's a scene where he's in a car accident and him and a child are under the water. A robot jumps in to save them. The robot calculates that he has a higher survival chance and chooses to rescue him instead of a child. And it's revealed later in the film that he's always regretted that because he said a human would have known better. Right? Yeah. Because if mm-hmm. we if we were in that situation, would we rescue a grown man or a seven-year-old girl? Well, we'd probably try to rescue the girl. We assume a grown man can handle himself to yeah. a certain extent. I'm not saying like let them all drown but yeah but I'm just it's it's that kind of perspective like what perspective do you have of this scenario well I just think it's it's different it's interesting because Cinder's point of view on this is very different Mm -hmm. um and, and you get that when she's like they're dying for me and everyone and then I can't remember exactly who it is it says like no they're not like, Wolf and Thorn both say, like, they're not dying for you. They're dying for a purpose. They're dying for a cause. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But Cinder just, like, sees it such this different way that she then acts really rashly. Mm-hmm. And then I it gets her and Wolf arrested. So. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, like, the Hunger Games, like, the later ones where, like, Katniss realizes, like, they're not doing it for her. Like, she's just the symbol. Like, she's just the Mockingjay symbol of this greater good cause. And, like, she personally doesn't really she's matter. She's, like, the mascot. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Cinder quite, like, kind of gets that the same way. Where she still feels everything very personally and feels things like it's very much her responsibility. And that's, yeah, just a, a totally different and, way and readers, than what it actually is. Readers try to keep in mind, listeners, that this girl is 16. Yeah. So, I mean, I I personally, at 32 years old, 
I struggle a lot with taking things personally when they're not meant that way. Okay. <laughs> I definitely take things hard, even if they're not meant that way. Um, and I'm twice this girl's age. So, yeah. and I don't have an entire quote planet <laughs> relying on me to save them from a tyrant. So I, I think it's acceptable for her to feel this way. I think it's a hundred percent. Oh yeah. For valid. sure. I think it's a little, I think it's a little unfair um, how quickly. I like Thorne, okay? I do. I like Thorne. I think he's great. I think he, of all the characters, probably has the most character growth and development. Um, And I only say that because Wolf, while he does grow and develop as a character, I think essentially he was always good, whereas Thorne kind of had to learn. Yeah. But. Thorne has such a severe self-preservation complex that I do get a little frustrated with him in these chapters when it comes time to like run. It's like, oh yeah, okay, we got to run because we got to save Cinder. But I mean, once Cinder and Wolf are out there, you could do something, right? Is that unfair? Well, and they do a little, like they, 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 you know, take their shots. They just don't hit anybody very well with them yeah yeah <laughs> they're that's just true. bad at it and again they're all teenagers i can't tell you if i yeah. would make a better decision or not and i'm a grown person with life experience and a decent education like i like to think i'm not dumb but i mean in this scenario yeah i'm way out of my element yeah yeah i think it would be extremely difficult to know what the right decision is in these instances mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, like, you won't know until you get to the end and find out if your decision was wrong or not, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to live through to find out the severity of your actions. It's like the literary equivalent of cut the blue wire and hope that it's not the one that sets off the ball. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really just, it's one of those situations where you're like, well, let's hope that this doesn't totally blow up in our faces, like. It almost blows you, up immediately, though. I love the part where Cinder, <laughs> Cinder and Amory are, like, bickering because, obviously, Cinder doesn't want to go, right? And Cinder is like, mm-hmm. is like, bow, bitches. And Amory is like, you know what? I'm done. Shoot her. And there's this, yeah. <laughs> there's a moment in the inner dialogue where Cinder's like, oh, sh**. But it's like, yeah, I mean. I'm about to die. How many times <laughs> are you going to poke the bear before you realize he's got claws? Like, come on. Yeah. Self-preservation yep. only goes so far. Like your cockiness isn't going to get you very far once you're already arrested. Now's when you like shh. <laughs> 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 Whatever you want to say, just say it in your head and not out loud, right? Yeah. 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 What do you guys think of um Keeney giving this report to Amory? I mean, we found out in the last chapter that he said he was going to make up a story and that Iko needed to take Winter into hiding. Were you kind of surprised that he committed to that? Or when you got to this chapter, were you like, yeah, he better? No, I, I wasn't surprised. Based on his, I mean, he was committed. He freaking killed his own people, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was shocked by his own people, like by Jericho. He was like, that's the princess. What are you doing? Like, he was genuinely uh, uh, surprised by Jericho's aggression towards the princess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised when he did it 
Yeah, I'm really glad that we have him as a character. I like Amory having a limp, too, because it reminded me of when Sybil was injured by Cinder and Wolf, and she was limping around. It's like, it's like it always has to be, like, this is what happens to Levana's head thaumaturges is they fight Wolf and Cinder, and then they end up with a limp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Then we find out no more accomplices were found, so that's good, right? It's just Wolf and Cinder. But But I do like seeing, so when Cinder finds out, right, because she overhears that conversation Mm -hmm. about Ico (laughs) being destroyed, and it's like her, like, heart breaks about that again. Yeah, that part was so sad. It was. (laughs) But, you know, but, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where this is, like, the second time we've thought we've lost Aiko, right? Yeah. And she's not lost. Cinder is just the only one that doesn't know that. So, so it's- Poor Cinder. (laughs) Right, poor Cinder. We as the, we as the reader are like, it's okay, girl, she's out there. Um, but Cinder doesn't have that comfort, you know, all she Mm knows right now, Cinder has got to feel so defeated. Yeah. She's like in jail. Right. Her like best friend just died. She's like, and, and her friend's mother died. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her revolution died in like three seconds. She doesn't know what happened to the rest of her friends. Right. And yet she still has the stupidity. I mean, bravery, uh, to tell. To tell Amory to bow to her. And that's when I was like, dude, shh. Like, yeah. <laughs> there is like, time for confidence time and cautiousness. <laughs> and then there is time to be quiet. This is one of those quiet moments. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, this is what I tell my preschoolers. I say, catch a bubble in your mouth. That means they have to blow their mouth up really big. And if they open their mouth, they'll lose their bubble. So if they want to keep their bubble, they can't talk, right? Catch yep. a bubble, Cinder. Catch bubble. anyways everyone who teaches preschool is like yeah and everybody else is like catch a what i've got toddlers i know that right i like that trick that's my favorite trick um so they're headed to artemisia cinder is obsessing and obsessing and obsessing over everything she did wrong and girl i feel you i have so (laughs) been there you just lay there, like, I don't know if I'm the only one, but, like, when when one tiny little thing goes wrong, and you're just like, oh, well, I did this wrong, and I did this wrong, and I'm a horrible person, oh, yeah. I also did this. Like, it's a spiral. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that, that that Marissa wrote this for us, because Cinder's not the only self-destructive person in the world. Like, I definitely deprecate myself if I make mistakes. Oh, yeah. Especially oh, yeah. When, I mean, I have, when you're trapped. I have social anxiety. So after yes. every social interaction, I sit there and, and go, it's all, it's all right, what did I do wrong? Where it's like, that's when you find out the thing you should have done or said. And it's like, oh, that would have been great. Yeah. If only. If only. <laughs> if only. Well, like, for example, um, I start a new job soon. And yesterday was my orientation. I just graduated with my master's degree. So this was my first job 
in this field of study. I'm 32. Mm. I've had plenty of jobs. I'm not a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I've also taught, I also taught preschool for several years, so I'm not inexperienced by any means, but I have a baby face and people do not think I'm 32. Most of them don't even think I'm 25. So when they found out that I just graduated, they thought I was a child and they treated me as such. And you can tell there's like 10 people in this room with me, all of whom are older than me and have more experience. And you can tell the people who are full of themselves, right? Because the person Uh in that room who had the most experience, who had been teaching for over 30 years, was the nicest one there. Everyone else had plenty of commentary to make. And she was the person that was like, you know what? We all started somewhere. Maybe calm down. Yeah. (laughs) Because because people can judge each other so harshly, right? But we judge ourselves the worst. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. And it's one of those things where, like, I really wanted to defend myself. But I also made a decision before starting this job. I made a decision that I would act a very specific way while I was at this job. In the past, I've tried to be accommodating and make friends at work, and it has always come back to bite me. So I decided with this job, I'm just going to work hard. I'm going to be polite, but I'm going to keep my head down and let my work speak for itself. So when people start coming at me, I ignored them. I was like, you know what? I'm the bigger person. I'm the better person. I'm not going to verify their comments with my actions. I'm going to do what I would tell my kids to do when someone's being mean to them. Just ignore them. They'll get bored and move on. Yep. (laughs) And there was definitely moments where I was like, what did you just say? Nope. Focus on the work. Focus on the work. And so it was really nice when this old lady was like, hey, knock it off. (laughs) because I felt like I couldn't defend myself. And then I remember the drive home was like 40 minutes. So of course the entire drive home, my brain is like, you could have said this. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And it's like, none of that would have mattered. But when you're in that moment, all you can think about is the, what you could have done or what you should have done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and I think with Cinder, part of it too is she didn't really listen to her friends and it did backfire. And she did get captured and so then she or she's thinking like okay well they told me this would happen and it did happen so like (laughs) do you think there's part of cinder that feels guilty for disregarding her friend's opinion in this moment i i would hope so. so yeah so like her friends told her to do something and she was like no and then it backfired yeah, I have to imagine she's got a little bit of herself that's like, well, maybe they were on to something. <laughs> yeah. I also would say that, like, not just that, like, they were on to something, right? But, like, I think there's part of Cinder that even at the time knew they were right and still just couldn't wrap her head around the idea of not following through. And so now she's dealing with the consequences. But the consequences don't just affect her. Wolf is standing beside her. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what makes me the most angry about it. Mm -hmm. Because she also didn't really give Wolf a choice. Not really. I mean, she did, right? Like, she told him he could do what he wanted. But come on, Cinder, you knew what you were doing. Yeah, no. You knew what you were doing. She didn't really give him a choice. And on top of that, like, Wolf just got everything back. mm -hmm. He got his mom back. He got Scarlet back. He had a reason He had, like, a reason and a purpose. He had something that he was fighting for, something that he was passionate to protect. 
And now his mom's dead. He's lost Scarlet. He doesn't know even if Scarlet's alive. So we're back to that. He was living that hell for three months. <laughs> he just got her back. And now it's back to who knows where Scarlet is or if she's okay. And and I know that Cinder is in a similar predicament, right? But I do feel my sympathy mostly goes to Wolf in this chapter. Yeah, mine too. So I just feel like no, he's lost I was so like frustrated. I was frustrated with Cinder, honestly, because I was like <clears throat> I know you're the princess or whatever, but what gives you the de- what gives you the right to make the decision for everybody when right. clearly everybody else was like this is too dangerous and it's better if we back away right now. Like literally everybody else was in basically agreement on that and she decided otherwise. And I was like, well what gives you that right to make that decision for the rest of your friends? And put everybody in danger. Yeah. And split people up again. Like, I was frustrated. <laughs> and I, I I, do think it's interesting because I feel like in a lot of other books and stuff, kind of similar to this one where it's like, you know, this age range and stuff, is you have, like, one protagonist. And yes, Cinder was, like, you know, the protagonist of that first story. But, like, since then, we've gotten a lot of people... And, like, a lot of characters, there's a lot going on. And I feel like in other books that you read, even, like, let's say, like, Percy Jackson, for instance, like, when Percy does something because he's the protagonist, because he's the main character, we're seeing it from his point of view, you kind of go, like, yeah, like, yeah, he made the right call. Or, like, yeah, like, what he does, that's going to make sense because, like, he's the main character. But in this case, you're, like, sorry, Sandra, you're not the main character. Like, you are one of many like protagonists going on in this story so right. like i have a harder time supporting her decisions blindly because i'm like chica there's well, part of so much going on here like, part of me is kind of upset because in in these moments she broke her promise like she once promised her friends like she wouldn't she never wanted to control them without their permission she was really big about that do you remember she in like book three and in this book she was made a really big deal mm-hmm. about me like i need your permission she doesn't mm-hmm. do that in these chapters. I th- if you need confirmation, 354, page 354 and 355 of the hardback, she forces them. It literally says that she forces Thorn and Scarlet to back away and forces Wolf to follow her. Yep. In another moment, she had slipped into the minds of her friends and forced them to back away from her. She spun around. Scarlet, Thorn, and Wolf gawked at her, dismayed. Wolf recovered first. Cinder, don't. It's the people's revolution now, not mine. Wolf, you're coming with me. I'll keep your mind under control, but not your body, just like we did in Artemisia. Thorn, Scarlet, stay here and target Amory and the other thaumaturges, but don't shoot unless you have a clear shot. Otherwise, you're just giving away your location. Cinder, no! Scarlet hissed. But Cinder was already leaving her and Thorn behind, forcing Wolf to follow in her tracks. Yeah. Exactly. So as much as we want to defend Cinder, and send me all the emails if you do, I don't mind. There is a level of, I don't know, superiority maybe, that she took it upon herself to control all of these people just so she could get... Her way. Right. And not, not that her way was bad necessarily, right? Like, obviously, we don't want a child to die. We don't want Maha to die. But 
again, it goes back to what we talked about before. What did you call it? The trolley scenario? It goes back to that. Mm-hmm. It always goes yeah. back to that. And I think it's also kind of a little bit of like, well, you made your bed, now you got to sleep in it kind of thing. Like, yeah. Cinder, like you made these choices and like, yeah, it's kind of a sucky situation, but you're, you got to make peace with it and you got to deal with it because there's nothing you can do to change what you've already done. Right. You can't go back and change what happened. What you have to focus on what you can do now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To like fix the problem that you made. Right. hundred (laughs) percent. Absolutely agree. So they get to the palace. Keeney asks if he can seek medical attention. Uh, (laughs) right fair enough cinder and wolf are separated and wolf realizes she might never see him again i love that cinder is like i could just leave i could just leave right now and go assassinate lavana and it's like girl you couldn't even hide in a tower like (laughs) you are not assassinating anybody i do yeah cinder sometimes you're like honey no again she (laughs) just still has a lot to learn So I thought this was interesting um, that Cinder says for the first time she is alone with no allies. I don't think that's true. I think she's been alone multiple times. I'm especially thinking of when she was in prison before she met Thorne. Yeah, she's definitely, she's had a lot of situations where she's been kind of stuck on her own. Yeah. Even when she wasn't alone, she was alone in her own headspace because she always gave herself, like what we just talked about, she always gave herself permission to make the final decision. Mm-hmm. So she was always somewhat alone because she always made those decisions alone. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective yeah. on it. And, and it, you do have to remind yourself that she's 16, but even still, it's like, girlfriend, you're making adult decisions, so you have to kind of act more like an adult. Hey, I make, I had, my husband and I ate four cookies yesterday from Cookie Crumble. There is no adulthood in this apartment. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I think that it's hard to always be a responsible adult. And I think it's okay if you struggle with that responsibility. I think what makes it difficult in this scenario is one, it's fictional, yeah. We can't hold her accountable for anything. She's a character on a page. Two, <laughs> yes. her irresponsibilities may result in the death of many people. That is a lot bigger than me, like, gaining two pounds from too many calories. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so we just, we kind of have to try and keep our perspective that, like, yes, she's 16, but because of the decisions she's made up until this point, she is responsible for the lives of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, millions if you want to include the entire planet of Earth. That is a lot of responsibility. Yeah, definitely. I don't even want to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> I mean, I know people that don't want I, I We talked before about how I used to teach preschool. There are times when you're teaching preschool where you're alone. You are the only adult in a room with, like, 25 three-year-old children, and you are in control of that whole room. Best of luck. My husband has said a million times that's probably the worst job, and he would never do it. I personally, I have no problem with it. I thrive with young children. I do great with them. I'm really good at redirection. I appreciate their enthusiasm. I have a very high tolerance for patience. But my husband, no. No. Those kids are going to get injured. They are going to hurt themselves or each other. They're probably going to put 
swallow things they shouldn't have anywhere near them. Like, just no. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses, right? My husband doesn't want to be responsible for 23 children, but he's in the United States military. He's responsible for a hell of a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's just which scenario are you comfortable in? Which setting do you mm-hmm. thrive in? You know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The big reveal we're about to find out at the end of this chapter. We're almost done with this chapter. She gets into her prison. First of all, I love, I love that Lavada has a dungeon. Of course, Lavada has a dungeon. Of course, she this does. is so great. I want listeners, please, one of you draw me her dungeon. I have to see this with my own two eyes. I have to. I absolutely love the fact that she has like a literal dungeon on the moon. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sure it's one of the first things she built. Oh, I love <laughs> it so much. If I were, if I were a queen. I would immediately build a dungeon. Even if I never used it, like I would immediately build a dungeon automatically. That's what you have to do. I'd probably try and find a really good artist to paint like a dragon on the wall and stuff. Like (laughs) absolutely hundred percent. But I just, it feels so Levana to have like a literal dungeon just for the aesthetic of it. (laughs) Yep. But she gets down there and uh uh-oh, Audrey and Pearl are here for some reason. Just further torture for poor Cinder. (laughs) We haven't seen Audrey since the second book where she sold out Cinder's location uh, Mm -hmm. and tried to get, not tried to, got, she got reward money. Um, Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. We saw her in book three when they were sneaking into the wedding. Um, And then Pearl, we saw just a few chapters ago, she was getting attacked and taken by uh, some of Lavana's mutant soldiers. So now we see where she was getting taken to. She was getting taken to Luna, but we're not told why. I think it's just honestly further torture to Cinder because she does right? not get along with these members of her adopted family. Yeah. Because what else would Lavana need them for? Nothing. Like, Nothing. honestly, I feel like Lavana <laughs> probably thinks that they're disposable. In any other situation. Oh, man. So. She's just, she likes to play with her food. Yes. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Okay, so let's talk about some song titles for this one. All right. Yeah, let me just uh pull that up and remember what I even <laughs> Right? Because that was like a month ago at this point. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Okay, I'll go while you guys do that. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Okay. So mine was Sail by AWOL Nation, one of my favorite songs. Mm, Um, Such a good song. I love this kind of music where it's like, where it's like kind of electric dance, kind of rock and roll kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is one of my favorite bands. I think they do it so well, but... Lyrics are great, you guys. Lyrics are always one of my favorite things, and I love the lyrics and how they reflect basically everything in this chapter. This is how I show my love. I made it in my mind because blame it on my ADD. Okay, Cinder. (laughs) Your ADD is out of control. You keep going back and forth. (laughs) You keep going back and forth without even making decisions in the process, and then you're, like, surprised when the results blow up in your face. Yep. (laughs) Um. Blame it on my own sick pride. Well, (laughs) she did tell Amory to bow to her while he had a gun pointed at her head. That seems pretty prideful to me. Yep. Maybe I'm not listening. That is for damn sure. 
you are not listening to anybody, especially your friends. We talked a lot about how she wasn't listening to her friends. Um, But it's also just a really fun song. I have it on my playlist when I go for runs. Um, and it oh, was, yeah. It was one it's, of the, a, it's a bop. It's a bop, right? It's got such a good beat. Um, but yeah, it came into my head like immediately when she was going through the thing in her head where she's like, I could have done this. I could have done that. My brain immediately was like, blame it on my own sick pride. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my song yep. choice. <laughs> what about so you guys? I chose um, mm-hmm. The Kill by 30 Seconds to Mars. Ooh, good one. Um, I mean, it's not only is it just a really good song, um, but I, again, also do think that some of the lyrics are just really fitting. Some of the ones I like the most for it are like, um, what if I wanted to fight back for the rest of my life? Um, what are you waiting for? I'm not running from you. And then like, I tried to be someone else, but nothing seemed to change. I know now this is who I really am inside. I finally found myself fighting for a chance. I know now this is who I really am. Just, and then again, the vibe of the song in general, I think just kind of Mm -hmm. matches too. So, yeah, especially like, can you imagine this playing like while she's walking through the palace to get to the dungeon? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of how I pictured it. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good choice. Um, I picked Help, I'm Alive by Metric. Um, Because I kind of similar where, like, I, like, was, like, picturing the scene in my mind. And I was, like, this song, like, I was, like, yeah, I could see this playing. (laughs) And, like, the lyrics to it, it's, like, you know, her, like, my heart's beating like a hammer. Like, you know, it's, like, a stressful situation. And then it's, if we're still alive, my regrets are few. If my life is mine, what shouldn't I do? I get wherever I'm going. I get whatever I need while my blood's still flowing and my heart's still beating like a hammer. It's like, I feel like Cinder in this situation, it's like, she's just trying to, like, keep alive and keep going. And she's, like, trying to, like, run through her head, trying to, like, justify her actions and trying to... Um, like reason through the decisions that she made and everything and she's stressed and she's freaking out about what's going on and so I just thought that this song was like pretty appropriate for it. Agreed, yeah. And and imagine like since we were so hard on Cinder this this episode, like <laughs> imagine how she might feel if she had a, a shower and a deep night's rest and a full yeah. And a deal, like a meal, like a full meal, not crackers and canned tuna, but like an actual meal. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. she might be better at making decisions. I know when I'm hungry and tired, I'm not capable oh, of I, walking yeah. properly, let alone saving the world. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that this is a good song choice for that, too. I think it health, it's like a good, healthy reflection of how chaotic her her thinking process is throughout these chapters well throughout this whole series basically yeah 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 so let's talk about our chapter quotes um mine is specifically related to to cinder um where it's on page 373 she berated herself hoping she would someday have a chance to learn from this mistake um just because, yeah, like, I, I I, was pretty harsh on Cinder in these instances, 
but this was nice to to see from her where it's like she's like if i hopefully i i live long enough and survive that i can learn from this instance and not make these same mistakes again so yeah it's a very emotional couple of chapters for us yes you guys will have to come back when there's some fun stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's on page 376. It's just the line that says, Her sorrow became dry kindling, quick to ignite. I mean, one, that line I just feel like is so beautifully written. Like, I think that... Very poetic. Marissa Meyer, like, she, yeah, I'm like, that's a very pretty line. But it's also just, like, so accurate. <laughs> for everything that's been going on it's just like yeah it's been kind of sucky like it's you just, rough you feel kind of bad <laughs> i already talked about mine a little bit but page 380 as she was forced into the elevator it occurred to sender that for the first time since this had all begun she was alone one this is a little hubris of her because you know she kind of has been alone Mm-hmm. She has friends, she has supporters, she even has a boyfriend, but she is alone with the burden of making and living with these decisions. And I think a lot of times she has made these decisions alone. She has their input, but she disregards it very quickly. Yeah. But we have, we already talked about that, so we don't need to go into too much <laughs> detail. Don't need to rag on her too much more. No, time. we love Cinder. We love our girl. She She's a flawed protagonist, which is very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this week there were five Easter eggs. The bonus word hair appeared four times and the bonus word captain appeared once. Next time we are going to cover chapters 43 and 44. Ladies, where can people find you and your podcast if they would like to do so? You can find us uh, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts at the book was better podcast um, or on the socials at TBWD podcast. Because the Book Was Better podcast is kind of long for an Instagram handle. So So true. (laughs) Mine's like just barely not too long. But if it was, it would be like PKFP. I have, I know I've had people who have called it PKFP. Like they'll email me or they'll post something and it's just the acronym. It's not, it's not. Sometimes acronyms are just easier. (laughs) Right. Like have you ever tried to write out an entire Taylor Swift song title like we just use acronyms it's fine we know we know what we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) same for the podcast you can follow it everywhere at prince kai fan pod rate review and subscribe we love that check out patreon for a chance to be a guest on an episode of me and a lot of other fun perks including parties with marissa because we just did that a couple weeks ago and it was super fun thank you both for being here i had so much fun talking to you and getting to know you yeah, thanks for having us again. Yeah, we, we, Sorry, we, we really enjoyed this. Into a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, thank you for listening. Keep reading, keep listening, and until next time, don't get glamored. Bye. The passages and chapters discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. The audio clips you heard today are from Rebecca Soler's rendition of Winter, a Macmillan audiobook production. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. And today's special guest was the Book Was Better podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Mapavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening.